0: Hello, this is Dr. Brad Bongiovanni, and today we'll be mapping the other vitamin C on the 15 Minute Matrix.
1: Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it causes us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, recommendations, and outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Brad Bonjavani. Dr. Bonjavani is Chief Wellbeing Officer for Wellbeing Science, where he is responsible for research, speaking, and education on the science of well-being. His work helps to set, support, and drive strategy with executives, professionals, and entrepreneurs who want to cause the experience of well-being, drive performance, and win at the game of business and life. Dr. Giovanni is a TEDx speaker and award-winning professional and corporate speaker, as well as media contributor to ABC, NBC, and Fox affiliates on his expertise of the science and implementation of well-being. Mm-hmm. Dr. Bonjavani, welcome to the 15-minute matrix.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Looking forward to our conversation.
1: Me too. This is actually a topic that's a long time coming. Vitamin C is a key nutrient. It's so important. Can you tell us a little bit more about the importance of vitamin C from your perspective?
0: Well, I mean, the pandemic has certainly elevated the uh, the role of vitamin D in improving and strengthening our immune function along with other vitamins. And, you know, I want to get into in this uh, few minutes that we have to talk about really the two vitamin Cs. So I'm going to ask you and I'm going to ask your audience this one question, which is, will the real vitamin C please stand up?
1: Ooh, the real vitamin C. Tell us more.
0: Okay. So we're mapping resilience today. And for me, you know, through 20 years of practicing and research and speaking, et cetera, resilience is the ability biologically of our hpa axis to adapt to stress right mm-hmm. and so most of our audience probably knows that stress is not just physical stress It can be you know emotional stress it can be electromagnetic stress it can be pain and inflammation as a stress it could be poor sleep as a stress your body doesn't discriminate when there's stress your HPA axis is initiated, right? So when there's chronic stress, it's over and over and over and over, and it becomes like a balding tire, wear and tear. And that leads to decreased performance, obviously, of the axis, but also in our body's ability to regulate itself and for us to maintain good health. So what do we need to do? Especially with where we are now, we, we had plenty of stress before March, but now we've just added a whole new layer. And so resilience has never, the call for resilience has never been higher. Right. So I think the solution is boiled down to this. How do we retread the tires, so to speak, on the HPA axis? And that's where I want to talk about really the two vitamin Cs.
1: The two vitamin Cs. So say more. What do you mean by that?
0: As far as the two vitamin Cs, most of us think of vitamin C as ascorbic acid, right. as we should. And so we know that ascorbic acid helps us fight stress. It does that by being really a really essential cofactor in building catecholamines and building adrenal you know, stress hormones. It also acts as an antioxidant, as we know, to prevent the oxidative damage from chronic stress. And it also, in certain studies, it even lowers the perception of stress, hmm. which, is, which is good. So it's cortisol modulating in the end. We can both elevate and lower cortisol, depending on which really I think uh, which which sort of state of adaptation a patient may be in.
1: We love modulation here.
0: Yes, modulation. <laughs> the body's the body's wonder uh, superpower. Yes. So we hear a lot about, especially now with our you know the importance of our immune system and promoting health versus you know obviously waiting for disease to strike. And ascorbic acid is a key. However, we should not ignore another perhaps even stronger, and I would argue stronger, key for resilience and our immune function when I talk about the other vitamin C, which is connection. Mm. So connection, when I'm talking about connection, I am talking about this idea that's, again, in, in opposition, not in opposition, in parallel to the HPA axis. Connection is typically mediated biologically through the psychoneuroimmunological axis. Right. So when we're under chronic stress, like we are now, then what happens is our receptors, our oxytocin receptors in the postventricular nucleus of the hypothalamus, they are affected and we produce essentially less oxytocin and M. RNA. So we're basically down regulating brains ability to produce oxytocin under chronic stress and oxytocin as we know is important It is the love hormone the connection uh, the, the hormone of connection and love and trust and bonding it does increase our pain tolerance it lowers our anxiety and This is really what I want for the audience to take away is when we are socially isolated it impacts us on a on a whole spectrum. You'd be surprised because I think it was in 2017, I presented on the biology of social isolation at mm-hmm. the naturopathic conference. And by doing that, I unearthed, I didn't discover anything. I just unearthed all of this research on the biology of what happens when we're socially isolated and also the impact of that. So there's an impact on post-stroke recovery. There's an impact on resistance to upper respiratory infections, which obviously is apropos, especially now. There's an impact on risk of dying in men who have fatal coronary heart disease. There's a risk of falls in um, in older women. There's a risk of late life dementia. So it really impacts us in so many ways and there's there's really good research that substantiates this. And we can't afford to ignore the power of connection.
1: So Dr. B, when we're talking about these two vitamin Cs, and I love that you're talking about it like this, there's the ascorbic acid that we need for this backbone for modulating our stress response, our immune response, antifungal, antibacterial, antioxidant. And then there's this whole realm of connection that a lot of us are lacking right now, do you see a connection between these two vitamin C's? Why do you put them together? Is it more that you're saying like there's the vitamin C that's the nutrient? Yes, but let's not forget this other realm.
0: That's exactly what I'm trying to say, because even a lay audience understands the power of vitamin C to sort of bolster our immune function and our resistance against infection. But for, for the audience that's listening, yes, this is, this is old hat news. But what I really want them to appreciate is that there is very likely an even stronger biological impact from ensuring that your patients or the people that you're working with or your loved ones or family members are not socially isolated. And I wanna mention one study that was, I think it came out about 10 years ago and it was a meta-analysis of 148 independent studies. It was looking at the impact of well-known risk factors that influence mortality. Mm. So alcohol, smoking, obesity, uh, blood pressure, exercise, um, the flu shot, uh, and they looked at social connection. So what they found was very telling, that in terms of what impacts our risk for mortality, the most, very clearly, was connection. Mm. Connection is more biologically potent, I think, based on my you know, readings, then what you eat, then how much you exercise, then what you're addicted to. Not that those things aren't important. They're very important. But we can't lose sight of what may be the most impactful. And that's my, you know, my plea to uh, functional medicine practitioners is, you know, as much as we like to get into the medical investigative cool, geeky, sciencey stuff, don't discount the scientific impact of social connection.
1: Yeah, such an important point, Dr. B. I think that When we are thinking through a lens of true empathy, what I like to call functional empathy, we don't overlook the reality that each and every patient is living in, in their external reality. We tend to, as you're talking about, want to focus on just the biological reality, but that biology exists in a social context and situation What are your recommendations for how we each address that? I know here at the Functional Nutrition Alliance, we're doing community sessions. We have lots of group Q&As for our students. There's a message board. Everybody's coming together, and we can see the power of the community, especially right now. What kind of recommendations do you have for solo practitioners out there working um, in a bubble right now?
0: I think we have to dig a little bit to be a little proactive and find the support that we need. Even before I go, go on, I think it's very important to identify how everyone as an individual defines support. Mm, how I define support may be different than how you feel supported. And so one is to really reflect and ask yourself, what are those things that I need in order to feel supported? And once you can start sketching some of those things out, then you can take a more tactical approach and reach out to either friends or, uh, or functional medicine friends or, or Facebook groups or you know even virtual but local practitioner collaborative groups and not just for the functional medicine stuff but just for the human yes. connection. Just for the human connection because we are all somewhat still stuck inside to be not like we were six months ago. So we have to still stay connected while and if we are physically apart.
1: For yourself and for your patients or clients. So what Dr. B is saying is that we really need to think about this for ourselves again, as well as through the lens of what our clients and patients are going through right now. And even Figure out ways to offer them opportunities for yes. Connection. One of my students was speaking into a group she recently formed, 12 women coming together once a week. Their 12-session uh, service ended, and they were begging for more. They were saying it was the highlight of their week to come together, and she really just offered a low-cost session once a week where they would talk about something. These are huge opportunities right now to create Connection to create community, and in so doing, as you're saying, Dr. B, really make an impact on health outcomes.
0: A significant impact, a, a highly significant impact. And that's, that's my message for today is, is do not discount that and, and look at it, reflect on it, see where the opportunities exist, where they don't exist, get creative and maybe, you know, create them yourself Based on what you want to see and how, again, your definition of support, but also by talking to other people and seeing how they feel supported and how you can collaborate and build that connection. It all starts with very, it it doesn't have to be complicated. It really starts with just caring. I mean, we don't have to make it super complicated. It's, you know, everything has changed. So we all have reflected on what are those things that really matter? What really matters the most in my life? in my career, and what kind of impact I want to have with, you know, if we have patients or clients. And those are great questions to reflect on, I think, because it allows us to be more intentional, and I would argue more impactful.
1: Yeah. And there's a realm of bio-individuality in what you're talking about, as you said, what support for me may be different than what support for you. I'm noticing with some of my more extroverted friends that they're really bemoaning that we have to go internal again, whereas some of my internal colleagues and friends are like, yeah, I got a book, I'm good. So really identifying, we all need connection, but what does connection mean for each and every individual?
0: Yeah, I think that's such an important point is, because it does mean different things to each of us I mean you can be an introvert and you can really feel connected and supported and loved and like you matter to two or three people right or you can be an extrovert and you love having a hundred friends and bouncing around and going out every night of the week and you know talking with people and you know that's that's your definition of how you feel good and alive and connected. So, so it doesn't have to look the same way. It's not a cookie cutter concept. It's really look and reflect on what it means f- for you. You know, functional medicine practitioners and coaches and nutritionists of all kinds, doctors, whatever whoever you are but you're practicing in a functional medicine model, you're already set up because of the fact that you're more of a medical investigator, you're going to end up spending more time with patients inside this system than the traditional medical system. But even those of us that, you know, spend an hour with, you know, new patients or every patient, you got to leave room to talk about the content, the social context that you were mentioning of the patient and how that might be impacting them because you're really missing an important driver.
1: Absolutely.
0: In unless, you know, you are talking about it and asking about it and dialoguing. And then at the end of the day, along with your other prescriptions, there needs to be a social wellness type prescription
1: you're speaking my language dr b thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today
0: it was fun i don't love anything more than talking about this
1: The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode by email, please head over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to get in touch with us. We want to know your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear on the next podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.